Listen, grab a Bible and turn to the Gospel of Luke. Turn to the Gospel of Luke. In case you didn't know, Luke is part one of a two-part series. The book of Acts that we've been studying verse by verse is written by Luke. And Luke also wrote Luke. So this morning, uh, we're going to take a moment and we're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about kids. We're going to look at the book of Acts. And we're going to go back and look at the book of Luke. So uh, let me just say this before we start. Let me say this. Um, I definitely understand that as we're doing a child dedication and as we're talking about parenting and looking at kids and acts, there's this temptation to think, okay, this one's not for me. This This one's not for me directly. And I can totally relate. Listen, I mean, for me, I have four kids, but... But like prior to having children, I could tell you, I don't think I ever even was asked to babysit a child. I mean, I don't even remember ever doing that. And I don't, I'm not even sure I knew there were children that existed. You know, it's just tunnel vision, right? I'm a teenager, it's sports, it's tunnel vision. Then I'm in my 20s, I'm in grad school, it's just about me. I can re- still remember, I mean, like, I definitely never changed a diaper until I had my own kids. And maybe you'd say, well, that's actually normal. That's appropriate for you to not do that. I don't even know the rules. I don't know. Never did anything. And, and you know, um, I can remember the one time in my entire life before having kids that I did something with a child. I mean, literally, I can remember just one time. And I, was, I took my niece to the circus. And I remember uh, she dropped her cotton candy and it landed on like the wood chips and we picked it up and I was like, it's still good. Just pick around the wood chips. It's fine. And that's it. That's my only memory of ever doing anything in the life of a child uh, prior to having my own kids. And so the, the thing is this, the reason I say that is that I get it. You know, you're like, all right, we're doing the parenting sermon. Um, I would just say though, beware of the mindset that things must be totally relevant to your life and season right now for them to be at all relevant for you. Beware of that. The reasons that I want to talk about this this morning are, well, yeah, we had a child dedication, but also the amount of kids at our church is over 50 every Sunday. That's one third of the souls that are attending. We're starting the mentor program at the middle school back up, and that is youth, that is kids. We're invested in college ministry, which is, which is youth. I mean, that is, that is not yet fully like working in a job, adults. You know, there's not always an immediate and obvious return on investment when you're ministering to kids or to youth or to college students. And yet we should care. We just completed a four-week class on parenting. And then lastly, my, my last reason why I wanted to pause our Acts series or kind of just turn into Acts a little bit is because as we've been studying Acts, there have been several moments where kids have been mentioned. Timothy was mentioned and his mother, Cornelius' kids, Lydia's kids, the Philippian jailer's kids, but we've just sort of gone past it quickly. This morning, I want to look more at that carefully. And so the passage I chose is actually from Luke. It's from Luke chapter 18. Luke, again, is the, you know, part one of Luke and Acts. And in Luke 18, Jesus is is 
is telling stories. Like he's doing these parables. And, and let me just tell you like where we're at in Luke. So, so Jesus has been doing these miracles. He's been praying for and healing the sick. And, and like, have you ever heard of the story of the persistent widow? That's the beginning of chapter 18. All right. So like, so like the story is like, there's this widow. She's so persistent that even like a really crooked and corrupt, you know, like judge will give her justice because she's so persistent. So the point is what? Be persistent. And then right after that, we're in just Luke 18. Right after that, there's this story that is called the Pharisee and the tax collector. These two guys go to the temple. The Pharisee's like, man, I'm so glad I'm not like that sinner. And then the sinner's like, man, Lord, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. The point of the story is be like a sinner. Have that heart. Be humble. So there's these stories. Jesus is telling these stories. And with each story, there's like a point to it. So... Then after that, in Luke 18, comes the story that we're looking at this morning. Luke 18, 15 through 17. It's the story of parents bringing their kids to Jesus. And the disciples rebuking the parents and saying, stop, don't do that. And Jesus rebuking the, the disciples and saying, what's wrong with you? What's the point of that story? It, is, is it, hey, um, don't be like the Child devaluing disciples. Don't be like them. Is it be like these parents who bring their kids to the Lord? Or is it be like these kids who can do nothing but be brought to the Lord? What's the point? But each of these stories in Luke 18 that Jesus tells, they have a point. And so we're going to get to that this morning. And so let me just read it to you. I've alluded to it. Luke 18, 15 through 17. I want to read it. And then I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then we're going to look at three principles from this passage. Verse 15, now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Oh God, we pray before we go any further. And we ask that you would help us to understand your word this morning. Lord, we come into this room hurried, stressful, distracted, with too low a view of ourselves and our own thoughts and with too high a view of ourselves and our own thoughts. So God, would you give us your thoughts? Would you help us to see you and to see Jesus clearly this morning? To see your will for our lives clearly this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So this morning we're going to look at three principles for parenting, for kids' ministry, and for how to be a Christian, all right? And the title of the message is Acts Parenting and How to Be a Christian. So the first principle is this, and here it is. It's number one, value kids encountering Jesus. Place a value on that. Believe that that matters, Believe it should matter to you. Value kids encountering 
Jesus. Look at verse 15 again. Now, they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they, they rebuked them. The parallel to this passage in the Gospel of Matthew reads this way. Then children were brought to him that he might lay hands on them and pray. So the idea is, is that they're bringing kids to Jesus that he can bless them, that he can pray for them. And so what we see here are some parents advocating for their child. And that is good. And that is something we're maybe familiar with. They were eagerly hoping that Jesus would do this for them. Now, of course, there's a sea of endless needs that every child has, that every person has, that every kid has. But these parents, on this day, they wanted and they passionately sought for their children to encounter Jesus. There's something exemplary about these parents, that they wanted the trajectory of their children's Lives to be set by the prayers of Jesus. No doubt there were plenty of parents in the region that weren't there that day. Some probably for sure, for good reason. It's not like, oh, well, if you were there, you know, you're a good person. If not, yeah, you're bad. It's not like that. But there no doubt were parents that stayed home or went to the market, and Jesus just passed through. Perhaps these parents even cited their children as actually the reason they wouldn't be there. I remember before I had kids, I met with this guy that had like a lot of kids, and he was like, hey, man, one of the things that's funny is when you become a parent, you start using your kids all the time as excuses to not do things that you probably should be doing. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm definitely never going to do that. And then I started doing it. And it's amazing, though, how Luke is drawing our eye. He's drawing our focus to what these parents did in valuing their kids encountering Christ and saying, that's it right there. That's the example. And then he is very much discouraging what we see the disciples doing, which is not valuing kids encountering Christ. So in Acts, we've been studying Acts verse by verse. And a while back, we came to chapter 16, and we came to this Christian named Timothy. And it said, and I just read you from Acts 16, Paul came to Derbe and Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. So there, a kid. Timothy, the kid of this woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek, and that means not a Christian, really a Gentile. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. I'll stop there. So so this is Timothy. He's an adult at this time, and it almost almost would read as if, you know, Paul came to the city, preached the gospel, Timothy became a Christian, boom. Then he takes him as a disciple to go on with him in the mission, but we know differently. In the Bible, there's more about Timothy's life. Timothy had a grandmother and mother who loved the Lord and raised him up in prayer and in the word. 
2 Timothy 3 says this, as for you, this is Paul talking to Timothy, as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And how from, do you see? Childhood. Some translations say infancy. You have been acquainted with the sacred writings, that is, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And so what's the picture being painted here? It's a picture of his mom, whose name was Eunice, and his grandma, whose name was Louise. They read and prayed scripture over Timothy's life, even as an infant. They sang it. They prayed it. They probably decorated his little first century room with it. We know that ministry to infants is limited to these basic activities. Praying, singing, gentle care, being present, creating a Christ-like environment. And then as they get older, maybe a toddler, they, they learn from what they see. It's more caught than taught. Or they learn simple truths like God loves you. Jesus is God. Follow God's word. But here's the thing. This intentional ministry and biblical foundation, no doubt, prepared Timothy's heart. This is how Timothy's are made. And it's so phenomenal and so encouraging. Proverbs 22.6 says exactly what Timothy's mom was doing, who was for sure a believing mom, a single mom perhaps, it says train up a child in the way he should go even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You've heard that verse before, but this is what it looks like. And then Paul would later say of Timothy in Philippians, I've got no one else like Timothy. I've got no one else like Timothy. But how are Timothy's made? Will we see It's when people value kids encountering God as Timothy's mom did. And so let's listen to Jesus on this. Let's emulate these parents and Timothy's mother. Let's be sure that we value kids encountering Jesus. Second principle. Second one is this. Help kids to encounter Jesus. Help and do not hinder. So look at verse 16. Each point has a verse. Verse 16, but Jesus called them to him saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. All right. Now, again, there are these parallel passages in the other gospels where we get a little more insight on what's going on. And in Mark's version of this story, he actually says in Mark 10, 14, when Jesus saw this, he says, he was indignant. Jesus was ticked off at what the disciples were doing. He gives two commands. One is positive, one is negative. The positive one is let them come. The negative one is do not hinder. The picture is is really that they were, you know, putting parents in headlocks and tackling parents and hindering them from making it to Jesus. Jesus tells them, get out of the way, but not just that, help them come to me. Help kids to encounter Jesus. Now, Jesus had such a welcoming ministry. 
How did the disciples get so out of step with that? These are his followers. Luke 9, in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, just before an argument arose among them, that's the disciples, as to which was the greatest. And Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. So, so, so Jesus had this like very welcoming ministry and explicitly welcoming to children. And the disciples knew this. So why were they so out of step with it? We'll come back to that. But let me first give you reasons. Reasons that they should not have been out of step with it. Reasons that we should help kids to encounter Jesus. And the first one is this. Every person, every kid is equally valuable because they are made in the image of God. Endowed at conception with the image of their creator. Children are inherently valuable regardless of their perceived value to you or me. Genesis says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Second reason, the accountability. Because children are so dependent on us. Do you see? They're so dependent on us. They can do nothing without help until they are a bit older. Because of that, we're so accountable for how our actions impact their lives. Help kids encounter Jesus, not hinder it. Matthew 18 says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. This is serious talk about kids. Number three, we're pastorally obligated. And I know we're not all pastors, but there's a sense in which the obligation of a leader in the church is shared and spread to the church as a whole. And it says in Acts 20, pay careful attention, you pastors, to yourselves and to all the flock. All the flock. All includes kids. And the fourth reason is that Jesus did, and Jesus wants you to help kids encounter him. He even says in verse 16, the verse we're looking at, for to such, to kids, belong the kingdom of God. So the disciples didn't grasp this at the moment. It would later be grasped by the leaders going in Acts and starting the church and sharing the gospel because when Peter in Acts 11 took the gospel to the first Gentile, to Cornelius, it says, he will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. You see the concern of God there and the concern also of Peter, not just that Cornelius hear the gospel, his household too. His household too, which would include, of course, his, in that day, servants, but also his children and his family. And then we see Lydia at Philippi, this 
This businesswoman from Asia in Acts 16, it says, after she was baptized, do you see? And her household as well. She urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Again, as we've been studying Acts, you know, we come across these passages where people that we know and we remember, like, they're famous because they became a Christian. But don't miss how they made sure their household knew the Lord, too. And how God was concerned to show us that that happened. The jailer at Philippi also, they said to him, Paul and Silas told him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then he brought them, Paul and Silas, into his house and set food before them and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he believed in God. Now again, back to the question, why did the disciples so badly miss the heart of Jesus on welcoming kids, on helping them to encounter Jesus? Why? Well, there's a good explanation. There's no excuse for it. But here, let me ask you this. Have you ever been to the Medicaid office? Have you ever been to certain sections of Target or every section of Walmart? Have you been to the mall? Have you been to the parent pickup line after school and seen what parents with minivans and SUVs are like? Or with shopping carts and strollers? Here's my thing. I'm just saying, I think that the disciples missed it because they were like you and me. Because they were looking at the situation and thinking, what good could come from this? We don't want Jesus to get stampeded. We don't want Jesus to get emotionally burnt out by these exhausting kids. What great ROI, what great return on investment could come from that, they reasoned. They're probably thinking, let's go ahead now and block out on planning center to make sure Jesus never has to serve in kids' ministry for eternity. Really, I mean, they're like us. That's it. And that's a big theme in the Gospels. The disciples often don't get it, just like us. They, like us, often need grace. They often need to be reminded. They often need to be encouraged like us. And so let's see this morning what Luke and what Christ is showing us that we are to help kids encounter Jesus. So our third principle for parenting, for kids' ministry And for how to be a Christian is this one. And this is the how to be a Christian part. Number three, learn from kids the way to encounter Jesus. So verse 17, look at it. It says, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. 
Now, what exactly is Jesus saying here? I'm asking. Is he saying that the disciples need to be like children in every way? Is he saying, be gullible like children? Believe in Santa Claus and the tooth fairy and me. Is that what Jesus is saying? Jesus is not saying, clearly, he is not saying to be childish or to be like children in every way. Here's some examples from other places in the Bible where we would then conclude that's not the message of the Bible to be childish or to be like a child or a kid in every way. Look at Ephesians. Ephesians 4. We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking in the truth and love, we will in all things, here's God's will for your life, grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. And so it's not like Jesus or the Bible is teaching, hey, just be childish. No. Or or these verses, What about we're not to be childish in our thinking? Look at these verses. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. See, like there's other scripture about this, and it's just key to see it. And then chapter 14, verse 20 of 1 Corinthians, brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil. Be innocent. But in your thinking, be mature. That's that's, that's the will of God. That's the Bible for us. So Jesus is not saying to be childish in every way. Other scriptures help us to see that. So what is Jesus saying in this Luke 18, verse 17? I'm asking. Let's think about it. Here it is. Jesus is saying that we need to be like children in our total dependence upon him for salvation. And then for life. If anything is clear about little infants, picture it. Picture these these moths coming up here holding an infant. It's that they, the babies, the infants, the children, are totally dependent on parents for everything. Humble trustfulness. Jesus is saying, that's the only way to be saved. Here, here, let me clarify. Jesus is not saying to you and me, put yourself in the shoes of a child. Pretend you're a child for a moment. He's not saying that. He's actually saying you are dependent and as helpless as the child in regards to salvation, in regards to entering his kingdom. And unless you realize this, you will not be saved. That's what this verse means. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says it this way. For it is by grace you have been saved 
through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Are we saved by works? Here it is. Not by works so that no one can boast. So if your plan to enter the kingdom of God has something to do with being a good moral person, being not as bad as fill in the blank, whoever person that you demonize and vilify, if that is your plan, according to Jesus, according to Luke 18, 17, you will not enter the kingdom of God unless you come to terms with the fact that it is only by grace, through faith, this humble trustfulness, this childlike faith, this utter desperate dependency on another, that being Christ, to do for you what you could never do for yourself. That is the gospel, the good news. And so Jesus here for us is doing what Jesus always does. He's flipping this thing completely upside down. You're not the teacher. You're the learner. The kids are teaching you. And not just any old lesson, but the most important one, how to be a Christian, how to become a Christian, how to be in the kingdom of God. So principles for parenting, for kids' ministry, and for how to be a Christian. So I want to close, and I just want to go back through and review this briefly and just offer a couple of encouragements with each one. So just reflect with me. Value kids encountering Jesus. What does that look like for you? Maybe it is to pray for these kids and families from this morning. What does it mean to value kids encountering Jesus? To not be like those disciples that so clearly devalued that. Maybe it's to be generously invested and committed as a member of a church that has lots of kids. Value kids. Or to help kids to encounter Jesus. Maybe that's to to invest in your own family. To invest in your kids more intentionally. Your kids' friends, your grandkids. Maybe it is to serve in one of the ministries where you can help. Maybe it's kids' ministry. Maybe it's youth ministry. Maybe it's being a mentor. Learn from kids the way to encounter Jesus. What would that look like for you today? Do you need to take a step where you place your faith, childlike faith, in Jesus today for salvation? Or do you, as one who already is a Christian, do you need to recover the operating system of dependence upon God, His grace alone, for living the Christian life? Learn from kids the way to encounter Jesus.